Welcome to the Paragon Podcast, where we speak with local charities and changemakers to see how they're making a difference. I'm your host, Anthony Massimarini. Welcome back to the show and to our 12th episode. Today, I'm speaking with Carly Rankin, who is currently calling in from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, she's a founder and CEO of Special Musicians, a nonprofit organization that is working to increase opportunities for the differently abled. The organization hosts weekly Sunday sessions where students learn basic music theory and how to play instruments, and it gives them an opportunity to develop behavioral and social skills. Currently, there are about 100 students enrolled in the organization, and it operates out of four locations around Nebraska. Uh, with that, welcome, Carly. It's, uh, it's really nice to have you here. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, uh, so before we get into speaking about special musicians, I do want to talk about your background a little bit. So you graduated from Millard South uh, High School in 2019, recently began attending uh, university or, or I guess college, as you call it, down in the U.S., and, and you're working your way, you're studying towards becoming a special education teacher. So clearly this is something that you're really passionate about, you're interested in. You know, what inspired you to take on this path and, and why do you think it's important to work with the, uh, with the differently abled? Yeah, so um, my journey actually began, began in second grade. I um, was buddied up with an individual with Down syndrome who um, quickly became my best friend and is still one of my very best friends to this day. Uh, we keep in touch. Uh, extremely frequently. So she kind of introduced me to the world of inclusion, the world of like the disability community. So yeah, it started pretty early on for me, but it obviously hasn't left. And I always talk when I am explaining my story that I owe everything to her. I wouldn't be where I'm at or have created what I created if it weren't for her. So that's uh, that's a pretty special friendship. And you know, it's nice to see that you're getting involved in these kinds of things so early. Clearly, it's manifested itself incredibly um, with with the organization and whatnot. So, as as a segue, let's let's dive into the organization itself. So, you founded Special Musicians back in August of 2017, I think I read. Uh, what's what's the story behind the founding, and why was it important to tackle this through music? Yeah, so I had been coaching through Special Olympics. And during that season, it was the track season, the track and field season. So it was early spring and I was um, coaching track and field and I had an athlete who did not want to participate. He was very resistant, very, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, did not enjoy running, did not enjoy sweating. It wasn't his thing. I always like at that point in my life, I thought I was pretty good at like coaxing individuals with different needs to like, um, like get excited about things and stuff like that. But I uh, failed miserably. Like <laughs> uh, he just, it wasn't something he ever wanted to be a part of. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that just really sparked the, uh, or opened my eyes to like the gap of opportunity um, or the lack of opportunity that individuals with special needs have. Special Olympics is one of the major, only major, major organizations that provides um, services and opportunities to individuals with disabilities. And there are several small ones here and there uh, throughout the United States and the world, but there's not a lot of music opportunity. Right. I firmly believe um, that music transcends and music is an empowerment tool. So I had a couple of peers and I who still run it with me that created this program just to hang out and play music together because music is the same language and it was just easy for us to like 
hang out like as a club and it just kind of grew from there. That's uh no, it's a nice story. And, and music is a great way to, to obviously connect with people. I think it's maybe even a little more accessible than, than sports to be completely honest with you. Uh, I think it's a great way, great way to go about it. The last time we chatted, uh, you admitted to me and, and, and I think, uh, uh, you mentioned this on your website as well, is that you don't really have a background in music. How exactly did uh, did you get around that? I know your your co-founders or um, your COOs uh, were a big part of that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how how the team kind of came together on that? Yeah, so I uh, it's embarrassing, but it's not. Everyone <laughs> knows it. It's on our website. I talk about it frequently. I do not know much about music. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I love it, I... Uh, don't play an instrument. I can't sing. My musicians make fun of how funky I dance. (laughs) Um, But Brandon and William, my, uh, the chief operating officers for special musicians are very musically inclined. And so they've helped me develop a um, music curriculum. I was pretty not well off on music theory either, but I was, I took part in the, like the adapting of the curriculum. So they provide the curriculum and then I adapt based on individual musician needs. Well, I, I guess it gives you a good excuse to learn now, right? Now that you... <laughs> yes. I, I like to say I learn alongside my musician. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned you have four locations now. If I'm listing them correctly, it's Kearney, Papillion, uh, and Lincoln. So all cities in, in Nebraska. What was that growth process look like and and how did you decide to expand to these other locations? Yeah, so we actually started in Omaha and Omaha is our largest um, location. And then we expanded to Papillion first. It's technically in Bellevue, Nebraska, but there's like a, it's the same community. And we had, we actually had volunteers, high school volunteers who lived in the Papillion area that um, were very motivated to bring special musicians to the Bellevue and Papillion community rather than commuting for 30 or 45 minutes to our Omaha location. And so that kind of started up first. And then we got to Kearney, Nebraska. We had several volunteers who were like, we want to expand this to the Kearney area. So, cause we know X, Y, and Z musicians who want to be a part of it. And then we had several musicians or several volunteers, excuse me, including Brandon Collins, uh, one of our COOs who graduated high school and went to college in Lincoln, uh, Nebraska. And that's how our Lincoln, Nebraska uh, location um, popped up. It, it sounds like people discovered you or really resonated with with your message and what you were doing and kind of reached out. Is, is, is mm-hmm. that the idea? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we have like we'd love to expand out of state yeah. in the future. However, it's been really, really convenient and really um, smooth to open branches where we have connections. So I had relationships in Papillion, in Kearney and in Lincoln. They knew me, I knew them. There's a trust already there. Uh, they knew about the program. So that was really beneficial. So, so going back to the program a little more now, it, it sounds like you host about a session a week. So on Sunday, you have obviously a number of volunteers that help you run the programs to the extent that you have about one to one volunteer student ratio. What does a typical session or, or day look like at, uh, at special musicians and why is that one to one ratio so important? Yeah. So we have a wide range of individuals with different um, ability levels. So I love what you said about 
uh, music being more accessible than sports. I wholeheartedly agree because we have musicians who with learning disabilities in our program and we have musicians who are very medically fragile and use music as a form of expression or a sensory simulation. So we have a wide variety of um, individuals who uh, are accessing music at their own pace um, and learning what they're capable of learning and it feeling empowered in the way that they're capable of feeling empowered. And that's where our one-to-one music, uh, one-to-one volunteer ratio comes in is that we have such a wide range of ability levels in our program. And so we want to individually meet everyone's needs because the way our program is set up, we have individuals learning more music theory than I know. Um, and individuals who um, are really appreciating the sound of the music or the rhythm and dancing right. to the rhythm of it. We also serve individuals ages three to 21. And as everyone knows, that's a wide, wide um, and age developmentally, um, for anyone. So I think it speaks volumes that we, we have to, that's the expectation is that our end of it, we have volunteers that are one-to-one in our program so that we can individually meet everyone's needs. Right. So what do you have planned for the future then? Yeah. You mentioned that with these four locations, you're, uh, you know, you'd like to expand out of state eventually. Do you have, uh, any, any other ideas of perhaps introducing more sessions, making the sessions more frequent. Yeah. So we, COVID has put a hold on virtually everything, which is really hard, but we've deemed it best for our program that we stay online right now because of the medical fragilities of some of our individuals and just for the safety of everyone as a whole. So right now our expansion is a little bit tough. Uh, Carney actually just reopened. We had an opening um, a couple years ago, but Carney just reopened online. Um, so that was a pretty big step in the right direction, but we would love to uh, expand to different states. We have a couple of states where we have connections that they would love to build a community of special musicians there, but we're just kind of um, waiting on (laughs) COVID to die down and for everything to um, be completely safe again before we launch back up and we start uh, reaching out of state because we would obviously like our board members would make travel plans to set things up and we're not just going to say like, okay, here's the state you want out have a special musician yeah. like open it um so we want to like make sure we're taking the correct and appropriate steps in the right direction to adequately open new branches so yeah no that's that's completely understandable i mean that's that's certainly the responsible uh, approach to take in these these kinds of trying times but uh to to talk about you know the, the elephant in the room covid a little more what do those online sessions look like because i mean it, it certainly must be a little difficult that students are not getting access to their instruments per se, and, and that they're not being taught live. Are, are you still finding that that you're able to connect with students um, to a certain extent in a similar way? To be completely transparent, no, it is nowhere near the same. And it has proven to be one of the hardest things I, like I ever, I didn't, plan on no one did no one planned on COVID no, happening and no one planned on um having to make the changes that everyone had to make uh schools programs etc but it's been very hard to connect with musicians i think as 
neurotypical um, individuals without disabilities have a hard time learning over Zoom or online, or at least I can attest to that um, being in college right now. Mm -hmm. And so for individuals uh, with disabilities, some of them do wonderfully and some of them prefer online, but others um, really have a hard time with that attention piece. And so we are doing sessions live um, at three out of four of our locations. So we do Zoom sessions. And then um, we also throw in some pre-recorded sessions. So nice. volunteers will pre-record themselves making DIY instruments, creating rhythms, finding things in the house that they can play as instruments, and then recording that. And we send that out to them to still provide a resource to our musicians. However, our Zoom sessions, we have reached, um, we still reach individuals, but it is very, very difficult and our numbers are much smaller. Um, and at this point, that's what we're accepting. We can accept that that numbers are going to be smaller and it's not going to be the same because the connection piece is completely missing still. It's very hard over Zoom, but I'm grateful that we can still provide something that is accessible to everyone. Yeah, no, that's that's laudable. I mean, it is it is incredibly tough there are a lot of people certainly experiencing difficulty as, as well, kind of orchestrating these kinds of, of what should be in-person events, in-person sessions and organizations. But, uh, you know, kudos to you for, for adapting special musicians and, and continuing to offer those services. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and then leading into a uh, big lead into the final question or the, the second to last question of the interview, each episode we name pretty formulaically, so to speak, with each title kind of embodying a certain attribute or characteristic that the organization holds dear is critical to to, to the organization's mission. Um, the word that we chose, or the word that you chose rather was empowerment. So special musicians is the paragon of empowerment. What does empowerment mean to you? And why is that trait uh, so important to the success of uh, special musicians? Yeah. So I think empowerment is a pretty, not vague word, but people find empowerment in different places. People feel empowered in different places, um, in different settings with different people. And for special musicians, we, from the beginning, our program has adapted and changed a lot in the last um, going on four years. However, empowerment has still been um, one of our key factors that we have started with. Now, I think that empowerment means confidence. It means feeling comfortable in one's own skin. I tie it a lot to bravery. And I have seen throughout special musicians, the bravery that all of my musicians have had coming in and then feeling more empowered to get up on stage and sing, which they some of them have never done before, or feel confident in playing instruments or opening up to different social settings that they've never experienced before. I think that empowerment is a huge, huge piece of special musicians that is not like blatantly like we're working on empowerment today. Like it's not a concrete teaching right. uh, example, but you see it in the day-to-day -day sessions a thousand percent because they're learning how to find themselves and feel a musical expression in a way that is unique to them. Okay. You know, that's a really touching message. It's it's nice to hear that there are those kinds of undertones to to what you're doing. And it really is helping, uh, you know, the differently abled beyond just teaching them music theory. Like there are clearly other other benefits and, and other learnings here as well. So it's really, really nice to see that. And, uh, 
you know, I'm sure people who are listening to this hopefully want to support what you're doing and, and want to follow along. Um, so if they're interested, you know, what are ways that they can, they can connect with you and connect with uh, special musicians? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. So we um, are very active on social media, especially during COVID times. It is how we've connected with the general public because we don't have performances going on. We don't have in-person fundraisers. And so I think just following and interacting with us on social media is huge. I have also, to tie into that social media piece, parents, we have submitted musicians singing, playing uh, instruments at home, dancing, whatever on social media and parents read comments to our individuals or our musicians with social media, read those comments and they get hyped up. So I think it's really important for that engagement aspect. It's still there. Yeah. So um, definitely interact with us on social media. um, And also right now, um, if you're in the Nebraska area, please reach out because we're all always looking for new musicians or new volunteers. Um, we've also would love, even if you're not from Nebraska, collaborating with you um, or discussing in the future what what might be plans for the future. Um, we love to hear from everyone. We also have, we're constantly fundraising and COVID's put a halt to that, obviously, for all nonprofits and other mm-hmm. organizations. Um, so Fundraising is a huge thing for us so that we can provide musical expression to individuals with disabilities, whether that be through uh, buying instruments for when we get back up on our feet um, after COVID or providing online resources that maybe cost some dollars. Um, so yeah, you we really have limitless possibilities for connections. And even if you just want to come say hi, I would adore that. Um, I, I love hearing from the community and hearing how special musicians are hearing how you heard about us and how it's impacted you or answering questions you have. So I'm an open book. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's great. Really. Thanks again, Carly. It's been awesome. Um, you know, once again, you can follow support and learn more about special musicians uh, by visiting their Instagram and Facebook uh, using the handle at special musicians, or you can visit their website as well. I will post all that information as well as their email. I will post all that information in the show notes below if you're interested. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, stay happy, stay hungry, stay humble. See you on the next one. You've been listening to the Paragon Podcast. To ensure that you don't miss an episode, subscribe or follow us on Instagram at paragon.podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.